send it to you by the lantern this is the lantern sports podcast welcome back to the lantern sports podcast i'm your host kevin lapka alongside my co-host curtis gruby and today we're very pleased to welcome a Lantern Sports alumni himself. He's the current ESPN NFL reporter for the Washington Redskins, Mr. John Kime. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you coming on with us, talking with us today. Uh, the first thing we want to talk about is just the Ohio State lineage with the Washington Redskins. It's been strong in recent years as they've drafted Dwayne Haskins in the first round of 2019, Terry McLaurin in the second round of 2019, and most recently Chase Young with the second overall pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. John, what's the bond like between those three players who are now teammates in the NFL after being teammates in college? Well, first of all, we have to mention that they went for all these Alabama players for a while and they weren't winning with them. So they had to turn to Ohio State. So we can put that one out there too. Um, the bond, I'd say, the bond is pretty strong. I, I definitely think it's a strong bond. You know, Terry and, and Dwayne worked out together a lot in the offseason. They, obviously, they were, had a good rapport at Ohio State. Terry, the funny thing is, like, Terry, as you people at Ohio State know, Terry was the leader of that team when they were there. And Dwayne kind of morphed into one or became one by the end of that season. But I, so I think that Dwayne still kind of looks up to him. But I also think that, that and Dwayne, or Terry has been a good sounding board for Dwayne. They roomed together last year during, you know, uh, during training camp and, and before. And Terry would help Dwayne memorize the plays and, and you know, um, mimic being in the huddle and calling plays out and give them some suggestions and tips. And then with Chase Young, now, I will say, we haven't been around them. So I don't know what that is going to be like. I do know that there is a definite bond. And um, even with, like, I think for any guy, any of those guys who played there, shoot, I remember talking to Terry McLaurin last year during the season about Joe Burrow, and his eyes lit up talking about Burrow. So I think there's just a bond there. And I think I would say, too, like, I know that Terry and, and, and Chase would talk, or Dwayne and Chase would talk, um, on occasion, but Terry and Chase have a very similar mindset in, in the times that I've talked to them as far as their approach. And it's the way that guys light up talking about their approach and what they do that I think probably presents a common bond for them. You know, Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, as some would call him, burst onto the scene last year, 919 yards and seven TDs on 58 receptions. Haskin played nine games last year, but arguably the biggest play of the year for both of them was a 75-yard touchdown from Haskins to McLaurin in week 15 with Urban Meyer in the house. So kind of a special right. moment for them. You know, you mentioned that connection, just the bond as Ohio State uh, alumni off the field kind of. Is there a visible connection on the field just knowing the X's and O's, knowing how each other play uh, as they play together in college? Is there a visible connection there on the field for those two? I think there's a trust factor that clearly developed from there. And when you're a quarterback, you have to throw to people that you trust. And there were some plays, there was a play later in the year, and it may have been that same, I don't remember that same game, but it was later in the year, it was one of Dwayne's better games. And he throws an in-breaking route to McLaurin that you look at it and I would go run, I would run it back and run it back and run it back. I'm like, you're only throwing that ball because you trust the guy to make the catch because there was so much around him, but he knew where he would be. So I think it's, you know, so from an X and O standpoint, you're kind of beholden to what the plays are asking you to do. But from a trust standpoint, I think that's what was clearly there. And so, yeah, I do think that there was something with that. And um, you could see it. 
I mean, but again, there were some throws where you specifically say, that's a trust throw. You're throwing to that guy because you trust him. And do you think uh, Haskins and McLaurin will have more success on the field this year now that they have one year of experience on their belts? You know, I would think so. And I would say this. McLaurin should have been over, based on how open he was at times, he should have been over 1,200 yards. I mean, he, he had his route running was at such a good level that that's, though, that's what should have presented itself for him. So we're going to start with that. I also think that the way that we, what we don't know is how are they going to use all these guys in this offense? From the outside perspective, they don't have a lot of weapons. I think internally they feel a little bit different. And, you know, because there are guys like Stevenson in the slot, they drafted, you know, they signed a third down back that has some multidimensional skills and Jamie McKissick. They drafted Antonio Gibson to be a multidimensional back. In other words, trying to present options and diversify the offense. I don't know how that's going to play out. But, yes, I would think there's a strong – I would think that their connection would be deeper. And I think it also should be deeper because of the work that Haskins has put in this offseason. He has taken it to a different level. And when you talk to people close to him, they say at an NFL level that he's done it. And these are people that work with him. So they've seen a change in him. So I think if there's a deeper connection, it could also stem from the work that Haskins has put in. And I would say Terry McLaurin, because McLaurin is a guy that always is, always is, always is, always looking and talking to guys to improve. So I think those are the reasons why, too, not just that they're more comfortable, but it's the work that they would have put in to get there. Yeah, Haskins has definitely been putting in work in the offseason. And you can see it, and it's very noticeable in, like, his arm strength, his production, and even his body, his physique. But Haskins really isn't the one to buy into the hype, is he? Not, not necessarily, but he does. I think he, I, he's a low-key guy. And, you know, when you're around him, like in the locker room, he doesn't walk in and have this big presence because I think he kind of likes to keep it low-key. He has a definite presence on social media, which is, you know, kind of a new wave. And not every, you know, not every quarterback does that, but he does. And so there are some times where I think you see some of it on social media where maybe not so much a chip on his shoulder, but a, you know, this is the work I'm doing and, and, and this is what I'm going to show you this year, that kind of mentality. Um, so I, I think there is that. And I, but the, the interesting thing for him has been the way he has reshaped his body. And he's down to like, when he got here last year, he was 237 pounds and he looked doughy. That's how he looked at Ohio State. He's now down to 218 and he doesn't look doughy. Now, I don't know what, you know, his game will have to be about picking teams apart from the pocket, but it, do, it should buy him the ability to be more mobile even within the pocket. He's never going to be uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, Aaron Rodgers, that kind of guy, but he can be more mobile in the pocket and, and do more things because of that. And I think that will help them because they do run, want to run a lot of play action, which requires him obviously being in the pocket. Um, and so I think that's where you see it, but I don't, you know, I don't get like, you know, I don't see this like huge chip on his shoulder per se, because I think he knew that he had to do some things to improve to get to where he wanted to go. Let's talk about Chase Young a little bit because he was the second overall pick for the Redskins. He's dubbed as this generational talent. And that was evident on the field last year. Uh, I mean, he was absolutely tearing it up. But, you know, when people say something like that, that holds a lot of weight. And it's not just yeah. his play on the field that people believe he's going to be a generational talent because of. It's the things he does off the field. So, you know, from if you have talked to Young, I know with the coronavirus, you haven't maybe had a chance to see him in person. Yeah. But 
what goes behind that and why do people see him as not just a great player but as a generational talent as a great leader what are all those things encompass that go behind people uh calling him the next great edge rusher in the league and that's a great question and the reason is because it's gonna because as you know it's not just about talent a lot of guys come in this league with talent and i think the reason why they're really excited about him is because as they would say he checks all the boxes so when you talk to him I have had a, the, the opportunity to talk to him a few times and um, just about how did you get to this point? And when you talk to him, like you talk to his parents and the, the things he was doing when he was seven, eight years old. I mean, the, he, they didn't let him use weights until he was like in high school, I believe. But because, but because he wasn't doing the weights, he was doing all sorts of push-ups. He would start watching videos of other pass rushers and of himself in high school much more than other people. After he was signed by Ohio State, he talked to Larry Johnson all the time about what they're seeing on video, et cetera. And so I think there's an internal motor and a desire to be great that he backs up. And one of the things, and talking to him and reporting on him, I did a story a couple weeks ago on he and Markel Fultz. They both went to the same high school together. They're good. They're really good friends. And they were separated by one year, but they both started talking like when, when, Chase was like, I think in 10th grade, maybe, that they both wanted to be the number one pick in their respective sports. And it was, and you talk to people who know these guys well, it's like, it wasn't just talk. It was the work they put in to get there. They knew if you're going to think like this, that you've got to put in the work to get there. And it was the extra things like his basketball coach would talk about the work he put into basketball and that he could have been a D1 player there. And he'd go in, you know, Chase is a dominant high school football player, right? But then after leading into basketball during the season during the football season he'd go put up shots in the gym so he is used to doing the extra things to be really good as a player and if he's doing that in basketball he's doing 10 times more for football so it's just it's all the extra work that he's willing to put in and then you add the talent and that's why they and by the way the generational stuff Nick Bosa was a generational guy too and he was helped the year before so that's kind of a funny term but it is what they say. But the reason why they're excited is because of everything I just said. When you talked earlier about the bond that Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin and Chase Young have together because of their upbringing through Ohio State, and they already had that certain connection, do you feel that kind of bond or that certain like Ohio State pride with those guys as well? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, for years, there haven't been a lot of Ohio State guys here. And so, like, Sean Springs was here. People who remember Bobby Olive, he was here for a minute. Dante Whitner was here for half a season. So it's been, for me, it's kind of lonely in there sometimes when you want to talk college football. That's where I really enjoyed it. So, so yeah, I felt like there was something that I had. Evan Spencer was here for a camp, and it was right after they won the national title. So that was fun for me to go back and talk about, hey, what a hell of a block you have there, having like, God bless you. But so the fun part for me was talking about those guys, like, and especially McLaurin, I talked to him more about this than I did with Haskins. I think Terry had a deeper level of interest in, in you know, re in watching the games and, and watching it as a fan, per se. And obviously Dwayne cared, but I felt like there was something a little bit deeper with Terry. And um, so we talked about it a little bit more and, just the things about Ryan Day, about like, you know, and I did, I'll be honest, like there was, there was one, there's two little stories with Terry that I had. Um, during training camp, there was another uh, a receiver 
who is a Michigan guy. And he was, you know, ended up on the practice squad and all that. And one of the other reporters who covered the Redskins is a Michigan guy. So the Michigan guy was talking to um, the other receiver and McLaurin was there and he started talking about Ohio State, Michigan. And I was there kind of little joking back and forth. And McLaurin just kind of dropped the mic and said, all I know is I have five pairs of gold pants. And that was it. I was like, that's fantastic. And so then the other thing is, the other thing, I, after I got to know Terry a little bit, I did have to go up to him one time to lock him. I said, okay, Terry, I got to ask you, what the hell happened against Iowa and Purdue? So, you know, and I, so like there is that where you can talk to him like that. But from my role as a reporter, you have, you can't let that cloud anything. If Haskins isn't getting the job done, if he's not doing X, Y, or Z, I have to write that. Same with McLaurin, same with Chase Young. And, you know, when I've covered Michigan guys who ended up to be some of my better sources because, you know, or just better guys to talk to because, you, you know, you, you, per, you have to approach it in a different manner. But sometimes on a Friday, I mean, there's a lot of college football talk in the locker room. So you do participate in that. But again, if a guy makes a bad play, he makes a bad play. I don't care where he went to school. If he's not getting the job done, doesn't matter that he went to Ohio State. He's not getting the job done. And what matters to me more than anything is my, my reputation. Are you, are you being fair and honest? And you always have to keep that in mind. But I do enjoy talking to them about Ohio State. On the topic of their Ohio State upbringing, you know, how has that helped them, just, not just as players on the field and as teammates, but also off the field, just as natural leaders, as role models in the community, all of that together. Being from Ohio State, is that evident that off the field, on the field, you can tell that they're coming from, they've been taught well, coming from a prestigious college football program in Ohio State? Yeah, I think so. I think you can see it with guys who come from programs like that too. The Alabama guys, I do think like they all have a similar approach. And I think it's about setting expectations for yourself, the desire to compete. I mean, you read Urban Meyer's book and you can see like what, what those guys put them through and why they come out a certain way and the emphasis on leadership. And I think you can see that. And again, I would say the same for the Alabama guys coming up with a guy like Nick Saban and the desire to do the little things, the attention to detail and again, pushing yourself and, and, and that, you know, it's, you know, having um, maxing out, like Urban would talk about that, you know, the um, event plus response equals outcome. And I think they have that kind of mentality. And I think you look at Dwayne Haskins this offseason, the events weren't great for him. It was a tough year. So what is his response? His response was to have an offseason where he's trained a lot harder. So now we'll see the outcome, but I think the response has been very good. But I think that's something that's hammered into those guys at, at places like Ohio State. And I, you know, I think the hard part for them is, and McLaurin would talk about this, is they lost more in, in the first five, six weeks of the season than he had in his entire time at Ohio State. So it's, it's, having to, it's learning how to deal with that level of disappointment, losing, et cetera. They're not used to that. They probably weren't used to that in high school either. So I think you see a disdain for that. And, you know, so I do think you see a difference. And you do see that they're, they're, the mindset and the approach is a little bit different than most other places. It has not helped this franchise yet. Um, and we'll see if it will. But I think when you get more guys like that who are talented, who have that mindset, you have a better chance for success. 
Absolutely fantastic stuff here from our friend John Kami. Really appreciate you coming on, talking with us today. Hope to be in contact with you in the future. Take care and stay well, all right? Take hey, care, thanks John. For having me on, guys.